the opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients. Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about. If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can count on us, we're the custody queens, yeah, you can count on us, we're the custody queens. Happy Saturday! Samantha McBride and I are so excited to be here this morning with you guys on Go Country. Yes, and we want to give a big shout out to the Brothers on Law, you can watch them right before our show at 8am every Saturday. We have so many great topics today. I'm seriously getting so many fun, cool vibes today. And there's going to be a lot of conversation between Sam and I. And we're also going to share with you where you draw the line in a custody case. That is where we are headed towards the end of our show, where we are going to talk about the lines. And that is where your personal life can affect your custody case. But before we get there, let's do my favorite TMI. TMI stands for too much information, and I'm going to go first today. What animal would you want to be reincarnated as? I think I'd go with eagle. I think I'd really like to fly around, scope things out. It's a strong animal. I think I'd have a lot of fun, great eyesight, claws, kind of vicious, but, you know. Yeah, just, just kind of scoping out just everybody. A strong bird. Yeah, I like that. I would go with the tiger. You know, I just, I think that, I I think that I have the tiger in me for real. Like, especially when I get to court and even when it's really not a very contentious case, sometimes I'm so passionate that the tigress comes out in me. I I see that. I think I would be the tiger. I agree. All right. Now my turn. Okay, here we go. If you could teach your pet to say one thing, what would it be? Oh, this is a good one. If I could teach my uh, my poodle or my doodle to say one thing, it would say, honey, pick up your clothes off the floor and put it in the laundry bin. Is that for Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> that is a shout out to my husband. Um, Yeah, I I really think that it's almost like if I had a parrot and it was saying something over, it's kind of like reinforcement, positive reinforcement. The more that my dog is able to communicate to my husband to put his clothes in the bin instead of right next to the bin, that would be a dream. I, I think that's a great topic actually is clothes. And Kristen and I were talking about this earlier this week in kind of the what to, what not to wear to court. Kristen, what are your thoughts? Oh, it's such a great topic. And... Sam and I have been doing this a long time and I can tell you what I have seen people wear to court is mind-blowing and the process is so crazy for me because you know Sam and I are in suits every single time we're in the courthouse even if we are just going there with each other we always try to look you know our Sunday best but these people get dressed and then they look themselves in the mirror and they say gosh, this looks so great for court today. Like that process actually happens. So Sam, what is the best outfit that you have seen at court? Uh, I've definitely seen a 
mini glitter skirt and some clear heels. And <laughs> I, I, I'm i not hating on the mini skirt because I think those are, are very cute at all, and, and that's great. It has its place, just not in the courthouse. And I would say it, it's not about wearing a suit per se, especially, you know, a lot of people don't have, you know, the money to go out and buy an expensive new outfit and look great for court. And that's okay, but you want to dress conservative? Would that be something? Yeah, I always tell people that when you are deciding what to wear to court, you know, it's, this is kind of sounds cliche, but, you know, wear something that you would be proud to be wearing in front of your family or that you could wear to a wedding or a funeral. Or a job interview. Just something professional. You just have to be able to run through that process that says, you know, remember, a judge is going to be looking at you while your attorney is arguing the facts of your case, which are a direct representation of who you are. And I can tell you the best outfit that I ever saw it was years ago, but it was, I remember it was December because it was raining and there was a woman in the courthouse that was wearing um, knee-high boots all the way up you know, to her thigh and she had shorts that barely covered a specific area <laughs> and a shirt that didn't even cover a whole area. And I remember thinking, uh, and I'm watching this case as I'm in the galley and, and where the attorneys sit, and this person was trying to get the court to make a visitation order and she was she was trying to explain to the court on how her past should not be relevant at that you know at that hearing and how she has changed and and she's a really good mom and i am not second guessing that that person was or was not a good mom but your first appearance to the judge is that judge's it's his first impression and it's a distraction it is and you again your your appearance is a representation of who you are and the facts that you are trying to present to the trier of fact which is the judge so i would say this is not a situation where less is more. No. More is more. More is Quite more. Literally. No flip-flops. No, you know, no jerseys. No Clippers jerseys, no Lakers jerseys. Gosh, no Green Bay jerseys, you know, and, and that's almost always got a place in my heart. But just look, you know, like you are proud of who you are and that you want to go in there and put your best self forward. And a tip that you will always get from Samantha McBride and I from the onset of your case is tips on how to dress for court. So that would never be an issue if uh, you hired us. So maybe your marriage didn't go as planned or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens and you can call us at one 800 419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. So, Kristen, today's topic is kind of interesting. We're going back and forth regarding where a person draws the line. What, what does that mean to you? So what that means to me is that once you become a parent, you it's almost like an instantaneous evolution of of growth at least it was for me and decisions that I would have made 10 years ago I clearly would not make today and that is even more so important when you are going through a public custody case 
and a little- you're in the limelight. You are, you're in the limelight. You are being looked at through a microscope. You are being looked at from the other party. The other party's friends, family, possibly a private investigator, the judge, a mediator, a social worker. Yeah, and Kristen and I will talk about this a lot, but perception's everything, especially when you're going through a custody case, a divorce case, and what you do on social media or what you do when you're out has that huge and direct effect. You could be doing something that isn't necessarily wrong, but you're perceived that way. So you wanna make sure you keep your circle close, right? Yeah, I, and that's something that we repeat often. And I think that's something that Sam and I have both learned as we've grown in our careers and with time and age is that you should really keep your circle close, especially when you're going through a family law case and really just in life. I mean, I can tell you that quality is far more important to me than quantity. And that really relates to career, uh, my personal life and my family. It's just, you want, you really want to keep your circle close and who can you trust? Who can you not trust? But when you're going through this process of a custody case or a family law case, yes, it's public in the sense that your case registry is available online most of the time, unless you are unmarried and then it's confidential, but really keep your circle close. Don't share the facts of your case with your coworkers or friends of friends. Don't post anything on social media. And we talk about that a lot because it's very important in custody and family law cases. It truly is. So one example of a boundary that you wanna put in place for yourself is partying, right? Heck yeah. And you know, whether or not you're a big partier, I think it's a really relevant topic and it's a relevant subject because you need to make sure you're keeping your kids safe, but you also need to make sure that the perception is in line with that safety. Absolutely, Sam. There's a time and there's a place for everything. And I am definitely not saying that as an adult and as a wife or a husband, you cannot go and have a good time, but you have to make the distinction of, is there a safety risk to the children? Is, is this something I should post on social media? And who's gonna be looking at this? And what consequence will Saturday night have for the future? For, the, for a long time, because something could happen in one weekend and not even just for court, but in general, it can have a very devastating effect on your children or on your case. We know divorce can be difficult and scary when it comes to the custody of your children. I'm Kristen Holstrop. And I'm Sam McBride. And we are the Custody Queens. We are family law attorneys here in Southern California and are committed to compassionate and aggressive representation. With custom case strategies, we can achieve the best outcome for your case. So call us and tell us how the Custody Queens can help you. Call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. So an example of where to draw the line would be, for instance, you and your girlfriend, you want to go out and you want to go to a new winery in Temecula and you think, hey, I can drive there. I can have a couple glasses of wine. I'm, you know, I, it's not a big deal. Choose my limit and we're good to go. And I am, I love, like we all know a good charcuterie tray and some wine, but I also know that I have to Uber because in that example, 
you go out with your girlfriends, two turns into three, maybe four. And again, I'm not saying that you can't do that, but what I am saying is that you should make arrangements and you should do it so in a safe manner. Now the caveat to this example is if you have an order in a custody case that says that you should not drink or drive and there's oftentimes limitations 12 hours prior to or during your custodial time, then you shouldn't be drinking at all. You shouldn't be drinking period because that really is the best decision for you and your case. Yeah, so in general, you have to follow your court order. You're never going to get an attorney or you shouldn't have an attorney that's ever telling you to go against a court order. You need to follow it if it's in there. If it's not in there, it's an opportunity to co-parent. And that kind of goes back to what Kristen and I are always talking about with co-parenting. If you have a fun weekend planned, we're not saying call the other parent and say, hey, I'm trying to go get drunk. But if, if there is a time frame where you're not spending meaningful time with your children, work on it. If you can reach out to that other parent, that's a perfect time to co-parent and allow your children to spend some extra time with mom or dad. And you can then go have some safe fun and not worry about a, you know, ex parte notice or, or court order hitting you the next day. Yeah, and a, and a few tips is I would definitely utilize Uber or Lyft. Never think that you are good to go because the consequences far exceed any potential benefit, which I see none. And uh, remember, checking in at places on social media, probably not the brightest idea whenever you're involved in a custody case. It's just not. And actually for the general public, you don't need to check in everywhere you go. I mean, I love these people that think I have to check in at the gym every single time I go because it's like I didn't work out if I didn't go. A lot of times, especially in a custody case, is less is more. So in court, more is more. But then in your personal life, less is sometimes Less is more. more. Keep it private. Keep that circle close. Sam, you've been around my kids enough to know that these little tiny humans, they repeat a lot of what people say and do, especially myself, and they also mimic us, and they also replicate our actions. Yeah, Riley actually, Kristen's six-year-old, came into my office the other day and told me to get to work and pointed her finger at me. It was very cute. <laughs> she, she does that a lot. She walks in my office, she shuts the door, and she tells me that she's the boss and this is her office. And I've noticed that even my three-year-old, uh, they're very aware of, of me as a mom, my feelings, my emotions, and they repeat a lot of things that might accidentally fly out of my mouth. And uh, that's something that I as a parent have to work on. But the point is where I'm going is that your children will keep you honest. Yeah. An issue that comes up pretty frequently in family law is where kids repeat things that they heard mom or dad say. And that is, it's, it's a really common issue. And I can tell you that kids, they will repeat what they hear to anyone that will listen whether it's a daycare provider, a mediator, a teacher. Sam, do you have any experience with this? I, it, it's funny you asked, actually. I was sitting in court semi-recently, uh, and I was watching a case, and you know, both counsel were doing a really good job of arguing their client's position, but ultimately, the, the child involved was just really throwing mom under the bus. And the child wasn't in court, but the statements that the child made to mom 
really, and, and to dad by extension, really just, for lack of a better word, ruined this case for mom because mom, the child threw mom under the bus about support, that mom had a job and she wasn't telling anyone about, that you know her mom had a boyfriend that she's cohabitating with and so now she's got a lot more money. And you know, it's a simple thing to think about keeping your children out of it. It's harder to implement, but your children really repeat things and you can't undo it. Once the cat's out of the bag, it's out of the bag. So kids will keep you honest. Tiny ears listen to everything. And, and are they, everywhere. And they repeat everything. And what's more important, not even it's not even that the kids will repeat. It's that if you are trying to create a healthy environment between the co-parents and the kids, and you really are trying to make it a safe zone, and you're really trying to progress with where you are at on this new journey that you that you have created with your with the new family unit then don't speak negatively about anybody that's involved in the process because generally the court has orders in place that refrain either parent from speaking negatively to the children about the other parent or about the process in general yeah and that's a great point Kristen courts often work from the premise of protecting the children first and we get we, we lose that sometimes but courts often will order what we call restraints on conduct preventing parents from talking about the court case with their children parents from talking bad about other parents or even as far as talking or allowing third parties to talk bad about another parent so courts really recognize and it's it's easier said than done but courts recognize that children need to be excluded from the courtroom. I, I couldn't say it better. And there's definitely key indicators where it is clear that a, that a parent has been discussing the case with a child. That's so true. A, and a perfect example of this is when you're reading a mediation recommendation and you have a seven-year-old child that talks about visitation in terms of percentages. Because generally, a seven-year-old would never describe his time with his mom or his dad based based on percentages that's just not natural to a child and so Kristen you're talking about when a child is being interviewed by a mediator right exactly and so there's a limited kind of area around court that a child may be subjected to talking to a licensed family law therapist or some sort of equivalent and asked age-appropriate questions this is not a child going to court. This is a child talking to somebody about very age-appropriate issues. And a lot of times, unfortunately, we see in those interviews that children know too much, far too much. I want to go to dad's house more. Okay, why? Because mom said that I can't go over there. And so it becomes really obvious. Yeah, I mean, as attorneys, there are definitely definite clear indications that there is parental alienation going on that there is negative contact happening and that one parent is having conversations with a child that either a or not age appropriate or shouldn't be had at all and if you're if there is a court order in your case that prevents you from doing those and has those restraints on conduct there can be some pretty serious consequences like what well, the court can modify the orders if they feel that their order has not gotten through to you and you haven't stopped or ceased 
the behavior that resulted in the order to begin with. At some point, could that result in a change in custody? Absolutely, Sam. And mediation, custody mediation that is, can have a very extreme effect on your case. And it's gonna vary county to county. Some counties are reporting counties, which means that they gather information and provide that information to the judge to assist that judge in ultimately making a decision. Or recommendation. Or recommendation. And then other counties are non-reporting, which means the parties must mediate and over the issue of custody, but the court won't have access to that information. So it's very important to know your county and know your judge always, but know your county and know what mediation is in that county and what effect it could have on your case. It's probably an entire other episode Kristen and I could have about the do's and don'ts of mediation. Yes, someone write that down and make sure that you hire an attorney that knows what they're doing and how that county works because it is super important. If you are facing mediation in a county that is reporting, that mediator is going to make a recommendation that the trier of fact, which is also known as the judge, will see. There are few experiences more difficult than a divorce. Holstrom Block and Park has the experience and insight to help. I'm Dane Holstrom, and my name is on the door, and my team and I are here for you. Call 855-395-5111 for a free phone consultation. Our firm provides comprehensive services in family law. Whether you need help with a child custody case or dividing marital assets, call today at 855-395-5111. So now we're going to do our CQ court. Today we're going to talk about a very exciting and relevant topic, alcohol and drug use and how it can affect your court case. Kristen's gonna play the attorney and her client is amazing, Amy, and I'm gonna play the judge. Court is now in session. Go ahead, counsel. Good morning, your honor. I represent amazing Amy and the issue that is before your honor today is about visitation and custody. Okay, and counsel. My Today, my client is asking for primary physical custody, and she is asking for a visitation that uh, provides her with a little bit more time than dad because of his his work schedule. But I really want to just get this out right in the open. Opposing counsel is going to argue today that my client has a drinking problem, that she drinks during the week and she drinks during the weekends. And while she might drink during the weekends, it's just like Friday through Sunday. It sometimes it's just Wednesdays it's not every day during the week and if she does drink during the week she always gets an uber um, and she tries to get home before midnight and she'll always make sure she gets a babysitter but I really don't think that her drinking or her personal life should have anything to do with the court orders and I think if the court looks at all the factors involved in custody visitation she should absolutely be granted primary physical custody and why can't she have some fireball every now and then well, counsel, is this sort of behavior occurring in front of the children or the child? For the most part, it's done outside of the home, but my client has struggled in the past, and so she might need to take a shot, you know, during the week every now and then. Counsel, I I'm concerned regarding some of these representations. In, in hearing what you're saying, your client is, is drinking pretty regularly throughout the week. Oh, but it's only like three days a week. I mean, she really tries to keep it outside of the home. Has she ever been assessed for uh, any alcohol abuse or, or is she attending any classes? Is she taking any steps to 
show this court that she can safely maintain this child? Oh, no, she doesn't need to do that, Your Honor. Well, counsel, I I think I'm going to operate with an ab- abundance of caution here, and I think I'm going to order that your client not drink or consume alcohol 12 hours prior to or during any custodial time with the minor child. With that being said, uh, if your client can stay sober and, and show this court that she you know, can truly maintain this child, I'm, I'm happy to reevaluate that at another time. But based on what I'm hearing, I'm, I'm hearing someone significantly drink, and, and that is of concern, and we want to protect these children. Thank you, Your Honor. Just to clarify, she can drink, though, during the weekends that she doesn't have the children, correct? This court is, is not so concerned about what is occurring outside of her custodial time at this point, and I haven't heard enough evidence to consider that this behavior rises to the level of alcoholism or that there is some severe danger to these children. However, this can be reviewed at a later date. Thank you, Your Honor. Court is adjourned. Our Custody Queen team is growing. If you think you would be a good fit for our team, please email your resume to Kristen at CustodyQueens.com. We are hiring for all positions, specifically attorneys and paralegals. Hi, this is Kristen and Sam from the Custody Queens. We know that this Thanksgiving probably isn't going to be a typical one, and we wanted to do something to help make it a little bit easier. So if you or someone you know might be struggling to put food on their holiday table, call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. The Custody Queens and Ralph's Grocers have teamed up to help. And remember, let love rule this holiday season. So that's all for today. This went by really fast. We hope you guys enjoyed our show. Make sure to tune in next Saturday at 8.30 a.m. on Go Country 105. And you can find us on custodyqueensonair.com. You can also follow us at Custody Queen Kristen and Samantha McBride. And you can also call in at 1-800-419-7772. That's one 800 419-7772 and remember let love rule thought it was love had kids in between you can count on us with the custody queens yeah you can count on us with the custody queens the opinions expressed on the custody queen show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice the persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.